0: There's a lot of confusion, I think, around branding. People say, oh, just start first, start making money, then you can start building a brand. That is the absolute opposite way to really, truly create a heart-centered, loving brand that people fall in love with you and they wanna be with you forever.
1: Plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love Podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to the Selling with Love Podcast, where I have a guest today, Rhonda Swan, who's going to be joining us, talking about branding, talking about PR, and why these things are so important in the world today, where we are all competing for attention, relevancy, building trust and how are these activities going to be so important for you as you're growing your business as a freelancer, a small business owner, even as a coach or a consultant and how you can do it in a way that actually works and what are some of the key things you should pay attention to when you go forward into this domain. Now, Rhonda Swan is the CEO founder of the Unstoppable Branding Agency. It's a brand and marketing specialist that actually helps companies who are either professional brands, human to human brands, personal brands as well, but really helping them drive conversions generating customers through the PR activities where a lot of times when you're in PR and branding you can't really measure what is the result of what you're doing and with them they're doing it differently for a way that you actually can and they're doing fantastic. If you are familiar with the Unstoppable family this is their entire brand where their entire family are entrepreneurial doing fantastic things and really designing an incredible life in the process. We're going to be focusing on the marketing and PR for today. Rhonda thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Thank you for having me. So good to see you, Jason.
1: Now I wanted to start possibly with the concept of unstoppable. This is a big word within your brand, and I'm sure this was quite deliberate. So I'd be curious to know what made you choose to associate your entire brand around the concept of being unstoppable?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. Well, our family started traveling 13 years ago. Our brand used to be Swan Lifestyle. Right. And so when we decided to start traveling and there's a much deeper story, we lost everything, found out that we had to sell everything that we owned. And we said, you know, instead of keeping our minds in that negative place where we're in struggle and lack and and trying to get ourselves out, let's just sell everything and start over. And so our family started to travel. And what we realized is that we started to become an example for others that you can have a lot of hard things happen in your life but you can remain unstoppable in everything that you do. And so our brand changed in 2008 to the Unstoppable family. And now everything from there is pretty much trickled through. If you look at my family, my husband's the Unstoppable surfer. My daughter's the Unstoppable girl. Our company's the Unstoppable Branding Agency. And being in branding, I understand how to create A multi-tier brands that stay connected through the heartbeat and stay connected to the values of the brand and our family is the heartbeat of every single thing that we do in our values so we're unstoppable for everything
1: I love that. And I know for a fact that your brand itself, is it really tied everything you're doing very consistent. And branding is a really important thing. Like I mentioned, in a world that we're having less trust and attention is even harder to get, it sounds like doing the branding is something that really gives you that competitive advantage. And so I was going to ask you, For those who are in business who might not be looking at branding as a significant initiative to work on, maybe not a priority, what is usually your response for people? Like, is this something you should do right away? Is this something you should just keep at the back of your mind? When is that perfect time to consider branding?
0: Well, it's a great question. I think so many people jump ahead first and they just want to sell stuff, right? And they get eager. However, when you are mindful about who you want to attract, who you want to work with, and who you can truly serve. Building your brand isn't just the logo and the look. It's actually really building the values behind who you are, how you can serve someone. And when someone thinks of that before they actually start selling. They're more mindful. And then instead of them taking anyone and everyone, they actually know who they will take and who they can work with, who they can serve the best. So my best advice is always start your brand from the start, especially if you're building a personal brand. You know, our company went from the Unstoppable Family brand. And then as we begin to add on, I call it the umbrella brand is Unstoppable Family, but then underneath it became the Unstoppable Branding Agency, Rhonda Swan's show, all these things came underneath that brand. But what happens is then they become their own umbrella, right? So now my company has its own umbrella brand. Unstoppable Family is still the value behind it, but then my company needed to have its own values, its own structure, who exactly we can serve. And I think people get hung up on what a brand really is. Your brand is your heartbeat. It is the values that you hold, it is who you are, it is how you're gonna communicate, it's how you want to be perceived and how you can really serve others. And by starting there, just really identifying just those key factors, then you can say, okay, now I can actually sell something because then the offer is aligned, you know who's gonna accept that offer. There's a lot of confusion, I think, around branding. People say, oh, just start first, start making money. Then you can start building a brand. But it's opposite. That is the absolute opposite way to really, truly create a heart-centered, loving brand that people fall in love with you and they want to be with you forever.
1: Well, fantastic. I love that we bring the heart and love within the podcast and from your message as well. And I absolutely love that. I love how you've actually demystified this whole idea of the brand not being just about the logo. But it sounds like there's some fundamental exercise that anybody could go through to make sure that they're at least approaching their business with a bit more clarity. You talked a bit about values. You talked a bit about understanding who you serve, and I think even more importantly, who you don't serve and understanding yourself more. Is there a priority to this order? Do you have a recommendation on how people could do some fundamentals to get a bit more clear?
0: Yeah, great question. I always ask people to put two columns, right? One is who will I serve the best? What can I do for them? And then the next column is who do I not want to work with? And it doesn't mean that we're eliminating anyone. It just means that you get very clear on who that person is. You know, especially it could be a male or a female. Some people just don't even think about that and they go for everyone. But what if your product or your service served women the best and then your message has to be a bit different, right? And so if you don't know who can I not serve and maybe it's also the people that are not aligned with your values, you have to identify that because this especially in marketing when we are then marketing our brand. And let's say you do paid marketing, you need to know that a person in that region or, you know, in that ethnicity or in that gender or in that value group isn't going to work with what you offer. That's not only smart, it also saves you money, right? It's more targeted. And so that's the easiest for people to start with. Like, who do I want to serve? Who can I serve? Who do I want to work with? And who do I not want to or who can I not serve?
1: It's funny, I have a similar exercise when I work with my clients, but I do it a little differently. I tell them like, okay, who's your like target avatar, target market, and then they'll write some things which typically, you know, I had a client earlier today, they were saying like, I wanna serve like entrepreneurs and corporate people, and I'm like, okay, that's about everybody. So now like, I imagine going to an entrepreneur, right? And you decided to tailor your message for corporate and you go to them and being like, imagine yourself advancing in your career. And then the entrepreneur's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. And so it's so hard sometimes when you get started to think that, yeah, you do need to drill it down. I even get people to say, hey, Now that you've defined this if you had to be more specific what would you do and it like almost paralyzes people why is it so hard for us to find our target
0: well okay so you're right and it's also because we feel if we get too targeted we leave people out but that's beautiful imagine having a thousand people that were your perfect client a thousand people is a lot of people to work with You'll do really well if you just narrow it down and say, oh, what about the tens or hundreds of thousands? So there's one thing that I also do. I really am into vision and futurescaping and really seeing that person. So what we do with my clients, I tell them, and everyone could do this, I want you to close your eyes right now, and I want you to visualize that one person, whether it's a man or it's a woman or a child or a family, I want you to tell them what you do. I want you to think about that person. What do they need to hear from you? What will they accept from you? What is that one need that they've got that you can fulfill on? Just look at them and then introduce yourself. And then as they're asking you, what is it that you do? Share what you do. And the words that come out will be the words that you are the best at. And then you're going to say, whoa, is that the person I can actually help? It should go to someone different. Maybe it's a male. Because when you're looking at someone, like right now, I'm looking at you, Jason. If I to share with you, I'm a branding and PR strategist. We help our clients go from best kept secret to a most renowned expert with PR and media. And you're you know, running a business that has nothing to do with that. that could not even use my services, right? You may not be my right avatar. You may not be that right person, but if I knew who you were and say, oh, what is it that you do? What are you looking for? And they start telling you and you're like, oh, that is my person, or wait, that isn't my person at all. And you just, you know it. And that's when we start to start feeling, this is why I love this podcast, because it's all about love. It's a lot more of a feminine way to run a business And I've been in digital marketing for 15 years. I've learned from the best of the best, right? But a lot of it was very male driven, which was very cut and dry which conversions and this. So when I say I can help people human to human create conversions, it's because you're a human. And I know when I learn from you, what is it that I can serve you the best with? And then I just feel it full of love because that's when we start connecting.
1: Yeah, I feel like we've went way too extreme into one direction when it comes to digital marketing. Like you said, it's so masculine and you have things like, even the terminology I remember using in digital marketing, they'd say, if you're doing an offer for people that is at a low price point, that's just something for people to be able to become a customer at a low price point, they would call that a tripwire, which in essence is what you would call a landmine that has a wire that gets people to be exploded in war. And I was like, how is it that we're using terminology that is so graphic and so terrible when what we're trying to do is create customers that we want to serve, bring value to, provide solutions. And so bringing this masculine, feminine balance back into the world, I think is a huge initiative that I'm super excited to be a part of. And I'm excited that your brand is doing the same as well. I was going to say, people might think, hey, and... This is a prejudice in the industry, right? They're saying, well, going into these more feminine ways, going to humans, this is rubbish. This is not gonna make more effects. This is not gonna be as effective. What have you noticed when you started actually implementing these branding, PR, and being much more human in your approach?
0: Well, this is the big convergence, right? That's gonna start happening. Because the old way, which was very manipulative, right? you know, calls to action, very clicky, very, you know, let's get their information. People are used to that. They are over cold forms of marketing. They're very aware of us doing clickbaiting. They're very aware of that we want their email, right? We just want to give you that lead magnet just to get that email. People know it now because they've been cluttered. And so what we're seeing now is the more people become very real and authentic and really truly sharing who they are and what they stand for is where the companies that are gonna be moving into this new earth operating system are going to thrive. The old way is going away. And you know I love this conversation because I used to be really hard, right? I was all about numbers and conversions and driving and just sending a lot of traffic. But I also realized I was losing a lot of money. I was forcing a lot of messages down the wrong people's throat. And we weren't serving people at our highest valued level. Dr. John D. Martini talks about living within your highest values. And if you can not only serve as a human in your day-to-day life, but then bring it into your business, what is the highest values that you want to be not only living in, but acting in and be seeing as? Now then you start making very different decisions. You know, we have a method in our company and this is what I talk with all of our clients about. And this is how I actually select whether a client is someone that I actually want to receive money from. People are willing. Like, I want to be in Forbes magazine, Rhonda. I want you to help me index my name. I want you to do all these things for me. We have what's called we check the money line. Okay. Now, most of us are used to hearing we look at our bottom line we check our money line and our money line actually starts with the heartbeat in the center, which is your company. Okay. That is you, that's your values. Now the money line starts to go out like a spoke on a wheel. So there's, you know, let's say 10 spokes that go from that heart in the center. And one of those spokes are a client. How does that client get their money? So if that money line is coming into your heartbeat, where is that money coming from? Are they aligned with your values? Are they pulling their money and collecting their money from something that is going to hurt your heartbeat? Same thing goes for your employees when you're paying out from your heartbeat. How are your employees navigating? Are they aligned with your values? Are they just taking money? How about investments? When investments come into your company. Are those investments coming from the right source and the right people, right? Or when you're paying out marketing, are your marketing dollars going towards something that is actually valuable? I literally stopped marketing in a lot of platforms because they were misusing and the values of their company were completely against our money line. So we actually do that. We plot this out. I plot it out constantly, especially with when clients come in. I say, okay, tell me where you get your money from. They're like, what do you mean? I I sell this. I sell this. Okay, do you invest? What are you investing in right now? What are the type of people that you work with or communicate with? Because you do that, you start cleaning up your money line. Ah, oh, this is where the brilliance comes from, I and mean, you don't realize why are things so magnetic? Why are things flowing? It's because you're clean.
1: <laughs> I love this concept so much, Rhonda. We are cut from the same cloth for sure. Because to me, like I define money as stored energy and whatever emotion is associated with that energy is really what makes the world a better place or a worse place. And this is it, like where that energy goes, where your money goes, the energy flows. And so if you become so diligent about this, you have companies that start taking much more responsibility for the massive impact that they do. And so I love this concept and I would encourage everybody listening to do a little audit of your own money lines. And even if you're an individual, think about where you're spending your money. And I would even expand, Rhonda, would you even put time into this equation of where you're spending your time? Because my God, this is really what you're feeding, right?
0: Yeah, that's it. You know, and I think time is actually bigger than anything. Like, where's your mind at? You know, I mean, I meditate and take time at least three times a day, morning, morning, Total clarity and I clear my mind and I get really clear on myself, who I am, how I'm feeling, tap into that. And even in the afternoon, I do the same. You get busy, right? Technology can mess with our energetic levels. Like, where are we spending our time that's a reconnecting and recalibrating our energy? Are we navigating at the highest level of frequency? All of these things don't feel like marketing. However, this is purest form of marketing. That what we just talked about a moment ago is where the masculine driven and the more feminine driven style of marketing is more aligned with our intuition, more in tune. So this is why this is going to start fading away because those that are truly coming from their heart, they're connecting to where their energy is coming from, where their money line is coming from. All of a sudden you are just pure, authentic, and your business is purely and authentic right so this is the stuff that's not measurable but it's the most important piece because the rest of it then can start to flow
1: i mean you find yourself being able to operate without hesitation without imposter syndrome without these mental issues that we feel hold us back from success they all become cleared and i love it because everybody joining on this call are thinking like oh pr branding you know it's going to be the logo but this is the foundation. But here's where I would love to take the conversation is that if I'm listening to this, I'm clearing my money lines, I'm getting clear with the clients I wanna work with, the ones I don't wanna work with, I'm being specific. So now everything I send to them is relevant. I'm in alignment. What are some of these activities that you do think are the best places to be able to discover new prospects, discover new leads, discover new clients, especially when we're speaking of the field of branding and PR?
0: Yeah, brilliant. I watch trends and I'm always looking three or four steps ahead of what's happening right now in our marketplace. Where do we spend our time? Where do we spend that authentic energy? And we know right now that social media, there's a lot of rubbish and it's actually a bit sticky, right? The energetic field, it just isn't quite right. And so the last three years, because we're in PR, we started to look at How do we tell our client stories so it's authentic and it's real? How do we help control that narrative and interject inside of the mass media so that we actually start dropping codes? And I know it sounds a little hokey pokey, but we start dropping codes into these messages. And we've done it through PR, getting people their story told in a third party, like being third party validation, right? Like Forbes magazine, right? Or New York Times or all these other publications that actually has the audience, and we can then tell a true, real story, and that set then starts to align with not only you are the not the one saying I'm in a soapbox, look how great I am, work with me, work with me, work with me. You can then share a story that says I was just recently interviewed by Forbes Magazine, which is the number one publication in the world on 98 million eyeballs every month. And you have someone else then telling your story. So of course we focus heavily in top tier publications, but another beautiful place is right here, right here on podcasts. Like this is the most epic form of branding and telling your true authentic story. Like I'm now sharing what my company's about without even saying what I do. So someone then is like, wow, this woman, I really like who she is. She's got this family, the value, she talks my word, my language. You can see me or you can hear me. Podcasts right now are taking a bigger leap. They had been growing so much before, but then social media and marketing gets in the way. Now people are starting to say, okay, who do I line with and who can I tell my story without a podcast? How can I get my story anchored into a top tier publication like Forbes magazine or other publications so that your story is told how you want it to be told? And that's something that we've been able to really corner in this marketplace because the lowest level of frequency coming out of news right now, we all know that. But if all of a sudden we start integrating and tapping in and controlling the narrative, now the news becomes a bit different. And someone that looks at you a bit differently because you're not doing that fear-based conversation or that limitation or all of these things that make us feel like we need more. Instead, you're sharing true, authentic story and teaching people how to actually get the results without making them feel like they need more or they have less.
1: I love that, and I can't help but make the parallel to what we were saying earlier about the customers we wanted and didn't want to work with. And I feel like that same methodology is applied right here when it comes to which platforms you wanna align yourself with to tell your story. Because again, it seems like if I'm doing PR, and okay, Rhonda, I'm guilty of this, so back in, This would be 2016 or 2015. Well, to be honest, it wasn't that terrible. But I'll tell you what I did. I was helping promote Vishen Lakhiani's book. He was the founder of Mind Valley. And then I remember I was kind of the wild card within Mind Valley, which was any special project that they had. They'd usually just throw me on it so I could figure it out. And they said, Jason, you're in charge of book PR. And I got in touch with a man, Adrian Munovic, who is a fantastic consultant for PR. And he basically said, find people that have written similar reviews on books and publications and then reach out to them. So at least there was one layer of relevancy, but I got a little lazy Rhonda where I actually built a system that reached out. Like I scraped all the people that have written about all the similar book. I built an algorithm that automatically reached out to all of them. And I think I reached out to like 600, 700 people. And I ended up getting maybe like 10, impressions 10 publications that publish me but it was very much of that spaghetti on the wall approach where i just reached out to a ton and i feel like most of these journalists most of these publications are getting bombarded with people that are just trying to say speak about me speak about me and i'd love to know what are some of the better approaches that you find are more effective for people that want to get featured on publications whether that's podcast or other mediums
0: yeah that's a really great question i mean it has gotten a bit more I guess, competitive to get your pitch in front of the right people. So what we typically do, and this is why people hire an agency, right? Because we have the connections, we have the relationships. So we then will take a client and get their outline of really what they've done and so that we can pitch them to the people that will listen to us. Now not everyone has the money to hire an agency. And so there are some really great ways that you can do and pitch yourself. One is using HARO, I don't know if you ever heard of it, but it's help a reporter out. HARO is where reporters or journalists actually go out and post what they're writing about and they need content. They need people. So HARO is easy to use. You can look at the topics and say, ah, I can answer this. I'm an expert in this, or I can help you, right? So it's a really great place to go. There's a lot of competition inside, so you really have to be on top of it and be able to reply. But that's the way people can do it for themselves. Another is to really have a very high quality, very defined bio and what you've done. Because the moment I say to someone, you know, or we send my bio that I've been featured in Forbes, I've been featured here, she's done this, she has a show that has 600,000 plus viewers on every one of her episodes, that immediately catches their eyes. You have to be hooky. You have to have that little bit of an authentic true sales message that says, you know, I'm Rhonda Swan. I am the founder of Unstoppable Branding Agency. I host the Rhonda Swan Show that gets 600,000 plus views every episode. I've also been featured in Forbes Magazine. Here's the link to my media kit. Here's the link to my show. Here's the link to my most recent article in Forbes Magazine. I'd love to interview you, or I'd love to know if you'd be willing to interview me. It's like tight, precise, and have your data (laughs) is the best way.
1: I love this advice and if I had everybody reaching out to me to come on my podcast, be as structured as that, I would get a whole lot of yeses and probably a whole lot less outreaches that I have to just ignore because they just haven't done the homework. And I'll be honest, I've seen some agencies that do this for their clients and they still don't do a great job. And so I think there is some value to actually have that foundation put together. And if you are someone putting together your own branding, make sure you do get that clarity in place. And Rhonda, I want to recap this for the listeners because we just had a great conversation here. We went out and understood that you guess what, some of these channels are not the most relevant anymore. The social media, we do all have a bit of an ickiness with it. And so if you can get that branding done or that PR done where you can get on third party publications that really get to endorse your message to feature you. So it's not you just going out there saying me, 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 but somebody else endorsing you, it actually helps build a lot more trust and gets the attention from people that can be your relevant buyers. We, talked about how you can make a list of who exactly you want to do business with and who you don't want to do business with because the more focused you are with that now you start actually understanding what do you want your brand to be so you can speak to them with relevancy and this is going to trickle back all the way to who you're going to reach out to the publications that are actually going to be the ones featuring you that will speak to these buyers you want to make the whole thing connected Most people skip this part, think that you just want to go to direct response, direct sales, which has its value in conversions. But if you're building a long-term impact, you're building something that's really going to help people, the element of branding is becoming more relevant. And it's really like Rhonda has said, bringing back the feminine energy within your marketing. And when you do that, you'll see you'll be much more balanced, much more authentic, and you'll even be able to use tools such as figuring out what your money line is so that you are in alignment. So you have no more of that imposter syndrome. You have no more of that hesitation. You're doing a product that has a massive impact and you're excited about doing it. Rhonda, this was a fantastic episode and so many insights. I'm going to have a link to the Unstoppable Branding Agency so you can go deeper into the topic. Maybe this is an agency you'll be wanting to work with. If this resonates with you, they have a ton of services available and more contacts are going to be put in the show notes so you can really dive deeper. So Rhonda, thank you so much for your time.
0: Thank you so much. And I always leave everyone with this. Be unstoppable and stay wild.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think there's also a book we should actually plug here is the Women Gone Wild. I know for those of you watching on YouTube, if you don't watch on YouTube yet, you can see sellingwithlove.com. You'll see the YouTube channel. But right now we can see Women Gone Wild, a feminine guide to fearless living. Also a book that I will link into the show notes. Amazing. Thank you so much, Rhonda. Thank
0: you so much, Jason.